When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, episode 46. This is Writing Excuses, Disability and Narrative. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. We're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And we have special guest star, Charlie Harmon. Hi. Charlie is a luminary in the fandom field here in the Salt Lake area. Uh, one of the very first um, super fans, as in fan as in organizing fandom and things that I ever interacted with. Um, a legend at BYU, where I come from. Um, and Charlie is going to help us talk about this topic. Now, Mary, you pitched this. So why don't you tell me yeah. why you pitched this idea? Well, I pitched it because Charlie and I were talking on the phone, and she asked if my books were in audio because she said she was blind. And I thought, we've been talking for a while, and she's extremely articulate. And I had just been at a conference where we talked about disability and narrative, but we did not have a disabled person there. And so I thought that one of the things that would be very exciting for our listeners would be to talk about this topic, which is frequently handled so poorly. Yeah, because most of the time they talk about someone who's blind, which is what I, I am. They're either totally blind or they see really well. They don't realize the nuances. And that I think a lot of the fun in writing someone who's blind is to write the nuances. As, uh, when I'm talking to someone, since I have been going blind for, since I was a child, for 40 or 40 years. So I still will look at someone when I'm talking, but I never make eye contact because I cannot see faces. I'll, I'll sometimes, if there's contrast, I'll see a blur. I'll see a light blur or a dark blur. And I don't know who they are unless they speak to me. But so I'll look at someone and they'll go, oh, yeah, you're talking to me, but I'm not making eye contact because I don't see their eyes. And sometimes I'm looking up behind them and I wonder if I'm looking at something else and I just don't see them. I'm like, my kids like to make fun of me. They, they will tease me. They will decide. They've told me many times that if they don't want me to know where they are, all they have to do is hold still and be quiet. <laughs> I'll never see them. They should not have told you that. But Charlie, I, in I fairness, in, in yes. fa- I hope this makes you feel better. Uh, if you were perfectly sighted, your children would still make fun of you because of children. Course they do. <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. I'm the old blind lady. My son was leading me around because I, I do help run conventions and now I need to be led around in, unless I know my way. He's like, come on, lady. He calls me the old blind lady or the old lady. So, yeah. You know, all the time. The, Bringing up the idea of humor, I think, is really important in disability. I, uh, my mother has MS. You know, she was bedridden most of my life, is in, is in a wheelchair. And the humor that the family uses to deal with that is a huge part of our lives. And it often shocks people. You know, we'll, we'll go out in public and, and she'll have, 
you know, some kind of small seizure, and we will all laugh and make a joke about it. And the people at the other table in the restaurant are shocked and mortified that we would treat it that way. But when you live with it, you know, in many cases, that's how you deal with it. Oh, yeah. I don't look a day over 30. <laughs> and I will never look a day over 30. My husband looks like he did 20 years ago because that's the last time I saw him. <laughs> would, you like, would you like me to take a moment to describe him to you? Or should we just... <laughs> I, I do see with my fingers, which is... I, I love it. People will let me go up and touch things. So I'll say, here, can I see this? And I have to feel it to know what it looks like. And I, I love that. If someone can get that down and describe it, mm. it's so great to see, have someone feeling around and stuff. And what's really nice is you, I can't just feel with both hands. I have to have one hand feeling and one hand up here in front of my face because otherwise I run into something. Mm. I do it all the time. So I, now I've got a, a, you, you talked about uh, uh, earl, earlier, you, you mentioned audiobooks. Um, mm -hmm. When you read or when you have an audiobook uh, read to you, do you respond to the, you know, the visual descriptions from the point of view character? Do you, do you like it when tactile stuff is included? Which of those really speaks to you? I personally like variety. I like to have all the senses mm. because I, I pick people by sound. I recognize someone by their voice. I like to feel things. I love texture. I love texture and materials. I love the way things smell. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever noticed walking out into the hall, someone smelling popcorn and how that smells, or if you smell cinnamon or a flower, a lilac. And you don't, people forget that you don't just see things, you hear things, you smell things, you touch things, they have texture. I remember uh, reading a book, uh, Barbara Hambly, one of her vampire books, mm -hmm. where she mentioned that she went to the catacombs of France and she walked down to the catacombs and she felt the wall and how the wall felt made such an impact on her that that's what she put in the book. And that makes it so much more real as a writer if you put this detail in. So it's not just how something looks because you're not just seeing it, you're feeling it, you're smelling it, you're sensing it, you're hearing it. Do you feel the rumble of a, of a truck go by on, the, on your feet? When I walk past a building as a blind person, I feel it. I don't have to be near it. It's a few feet away and I will feel it, I will hear it because there's an echolocation sometimes or there's a sound pressure. And there are blind people who use echolocation, actually they use echolocation. They'll walk down making a clicking noise and they'll hear the echo and that tells them where things are. And it's very, I've heard the person walk past me and it was very odd because I can't quite do that because I'm not totally blind and I don't think I could do it anyway. But I love going through malls and people trip over me and get mad at me because they're tripping over my cane. And I, I kill people. I, I have to kill three people a day. That's my goal. <laughs> yep. So what do people get wrong in fiction? Have you read any fiction about blind people and just been like, um, oh, no? Yeah, because they don't get the nuances. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, all they know is the, the basic stuff. Like, okay, they use a white cane. Mm -hmm. But how do they use a white cane? I don't use a white cane like everybody else uses a white cane. If most people, I've, I've seen on TV, they'll have a white cane where they're tapping. Mm -hmm. And I know my instructor told me, you tap over here, you tap over here. You have to have the opposite foot. So when the cane's over on the left, my foot's stepping right. Otherwise, you know, I kick the cane. My son plays that game. We walk down the street and he'll play kick the cane. <laughs> and so I have added to it. So he kicks the cane and I hit him in the butt with the cane. We had, neighbors, I'm sure, are wondering what we are doing. As we, well, I walk down the middle of the road, too. Sidewalks terrify me. Have you seen inside? Gates are open, cars are jutting out, kids have toys. I walk down the street because at least I know the street's going to be flat. And I can usually sense a car before I run into it. I cannot sense a toy. Mm. And I've had some spectacular falls and near falls. 
One thing that I, I want to point out with this is that when you are going into writing a character with some form of disability, to be aware that you have been influenced by the media representations. Yes. So the things that you think you know are probably the ones that are most likely to be wrong. Mm. And the thing I started to say and finished is I slide my cane, which is wrong, because if I tap, I will miss a stare. I will miss a pole. And if I, so I slide it. And, and all the movies you hear, the tap, 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 tap. No, because I, that for me is very dangerous. Well, the thing you just said about, uh, you know, I, I'm scared of toys, but I can hear cars coming. Before you got to that point, I was like, you're walking down the middle of a street, you know, there are these huge pieces of machinery that hurtle down the street that could, that could kill you. And yet from your point of view, the car's not terrifying. You can hear that coming and get out of the way. Oh, yeah. It's the toy. It's the kid who's left, you know, a pile of jacks it's the fence. in the middle of the sidewalk. It's the gate that's left open that I'll run into or the thorn bush that they forgot to trim back. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's um, yeah. stop for our book of the week. You're going to promote the Sisters Grimm? Yes, it's a series of books, Michael Buckley, all on Audible. Best, oh, it's wonderful. They're fairy tales, mm -hmm. but they're kids of Jacob Grimm, the descendants, and their job is they're fairy tale detectives. Awesome. And they're just, read them. I have listened to every one of them. Not only do I read them, I bought all the books. So I have all the books and all the audio books. That's, that's cool. Uh, you can go out to Audible and pick up. Sorry, the get title the first again. one. Get the first one. Uh, I think it's uh, sister, De sister, De the sisters Grimm, 
Uh, fairy Tale Detectives, I think, is the first book. The Sisters Grimm Fairy Tale Detectives? Yes. 30-day free trial? Oh, yeah, trial? you start a 30-day free trial, but you should just go get these books. because <laughs> You should. Because They're Charlie delightful. loves them. I love them. You have, you have fairy tale characters you've never seen in this way before. They're, they're wonderful. Mary, you were going to say something. Well, one thing that, that I became aware of, you know, we also often talk about the mice quotient. And one of the things that I think a lot of people uh, do um, incorrectly when they are using disability in narrative is misapplying the mice quotient to it. That it actually, this is one of those things that you should not apply. So the mice quotient, for those who are new listeners, is the idea that there's a character arc an idea that what it, however you start the story is how you end it. That if you start with um, an event, something has gone terribly wrong. By the end of the event, you have, to, you have to resolve that and restore status quo. So if your event is your character has become disabled, that means that you have to solve the disability by the end. A character story, your character is dissatisfied with their role in life. If you have applied that to a disability, that means that your character is dissatisfied with their disability, and you have to resolve that by the end. So the problem is, this winds up putting you in a position of making moral judgments about other people's lives. Right. I, I often talk about this when I'm talking about um, creating characters, where um, we, I talk about the idea of a flawed character. and. A, the difference between a flawed character and a character who has a handicap. A handicap is, is something that the character needs to work with in life. Mm -hmm. And it can be a physical disability, it can be any sort of other thing. I often yeah. bring up Aunt May as a handicap hmm. to Peter Parker. Oh, absolutely. Aunt May is awesome. You don't want a book without Aunt May. It's not something to get rid of, but it is a handicap because it can be used against um, Peter Parker, but Superman's Code of Honor is also a handicap. These are things that people work with, and you should not get the two mixed up. By making your handicap and, and treating it like a flaw, you are going to create a character that's not going to work, because they're going to be overcoming something that either, number one, they can't, or that they shouldn't um, overcome. Yeah, and if you're going to write a handicapped person, talk to someone who is handicapped. Find out. I have, my, I have a path in my house. If I'm going to get around, I have a pathway. Everything has to go out of my pathway. And you, you get the, you find out these little things and you put them into your character. That your character has these little things they do, these habits. They have to do something a certain way. If someone puts something in my walkway and I get diverted, I get lost in my own house and I've lived there for 20 years. And I, it's, I think it's funny, but it's frustrating. We laugh at ourselves. We are not, we, we don't care. If we're not, I'm not visually impaired. I am blind. Deaf people are deaf. We're not politically correct. But we don't mind people making fun of us because we make fun of ourselves all the time. If you put these things and you find out the real reality of it, your character's going to be more real, it's going to have more depth, and people are going to go, wow, that character's kind of quirky. But the people who are, who are disabled, the handicapped people are going to go, wow, they got it right. So for people who don't have handicaps, you're adding this dimension to your characters that other people who are going to go, wow, where'd they learn this? This, is, this, little, this little quirk, this little trick, this little thing. It's going to stand out and make your character different, make your character believable. And it is a dimension of the character. It yes. is not the entire character. Oh, yeah, that's another good point. I'm boring as a blind person. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's the way we introduced Charlie is that she is a brilliant fan and con runner, and she's got a lot of other things going. The fact that she is blind influences the way she handles these things, but that does not define her. Yeah, when I'm when somebody asks me, you know, I, I need to find Charlie Harmon, and I don't know what she looks like. 
there's, there's a war in my head because the Charlie that I know is the con runner who first invited me to life, the universe, and everything, who ran the program for me. There's all of these things. And the very last thing that Charlie is, is the blind lady. But in helping somebody find her, the first words out of my mouth are, look for the lady with the white stick and the mean children. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how I introduced myself. I used to always wear a red shirt. So find the lady in the red shirt. Now it's find the lady with the white cane. Yeah. Now, um, I had this, this idea, I guess this is uh, the, the approach to the other topic that we get into um, all the time, but I do have writers come and say, I'm nervous starting do, using a character like this because I don't want to be offensive, I don't want to do it wrong. Can you give any last advice? This is the last thing we can say to someone who's thinking of putting a blind person in their books. Um, in, in just a little point or encouragement, or what, what would, you, would you want to see more blind people in the fiction? I want to see more variety, yes. Yeah. Get blind people, get handicapped people, get Hispanic people, get Polynesian people, get people who are not just the standard stereotypical people. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to go and ask somebody questions. I, we all ask questions. We don't know everything, that's why we ask. Go sit down and say, hey, I want to write a book. Will you tell me something? Tell me about yourself. Tell me about this disability. And then you try because you will never, you'll never succeed if you don't try. You may fail, but you will learn something and then you will do it again next time and you will succeed. Mary, you had a writing prompt. Uh, yes. Um, this is, this is tied into how to know, you know, how to kind of navigate this. What I want you to do is I want you to go to TV Tropes. Oh. And I want, you to, I want you to look there up blind people and read the tropes that are there Ooh. and then come up with a plot that doesn't hit any of them. All find, right. Find the blind actor. There was a blind actor for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Charlie, thank you so much. Uh, thank Fantasy you. FantasyCon, thank you for having us. Um, this has been, oh, this is writing, been writing excuses. Your excuses now go right. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.